You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome everyone to episode four of the Go Fish Marketing Tips podcast. Each week we try and give you some little expert pointers to make the most of your business's marketing budget. Um, with me as always are my two partners in crime. We have Elaine Atherton. Hi Elaine. Hello everybody. Do you want to remind everyone, because we're still relatively new in the podcasting world, what it is that you do, young lady? What am I? Oh well there we go. Well I'm a lot of things but actually today I am a sales coach and trainer so my business is to sum it up and I just love to help people get through the whole challenge of not being a pushy salesperson but actually how do they promote their business and their products in a way that feels comfortable for them. Fantastic and we have the sultry dulcet tones of Mr Chris Roxburgh. How kind, how kind, hello everybody. Uh, Yes I'm a marketing consultant and social media trainer and the company name is My Marketing Guy. I specialise in uh, taking the fear out of social media for um, business people who may be reluctant to uh, Im- fully embrace the opportunities that social media offers. God bless him. <laughs> I guess I should explain what I do. My name's Mark Pollard. Uh, my business is Funky Vibes Marketing. We're a marketing agency who do a plethora of things, but uh, for the purpose of this, we, we sort of specialise in doing strategies for people and getting all your design and your websites looking all shekshay. Mm. I've always liked the word plethora. Yeah, yeah. it's a great word, word, isn't it? That that could be the word for today. Oh, yeah. So before we get into the nitty gritties, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We're go underscore fish marketing. Um, We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts. When we do posts, if you can like and share them, that's great because it spreads the word. Uh, If you use the hashtag GoFishPodcast, that should make it a bit easier for us to find uh, any mentions of us. If you would like to email us, uh, we have an email address. It's GoFish at thepodstation.co.uk. We all receive it. So if you want to send any questions to us, if you want to pick us up on anything that we've mentioned that you'd like to have a bit more of a detailed chat about, then you can do that. And there's also a whole host of other shows on the Podstation who help us produce this show. You can find them on www.thepodstation.co.uk. <gasps> lastly, <laughs> lastly, Chris, um, you can also subscribe to our channel. So we're on all the major platforms. We're on the Apple's podcast app. Um, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, SoundCloud. So if you can hit that subscribe button, it'll mean that when we upload the latest episode, you'll get a nice little notification on your phone so you can make sure that on your drive to work, you can learn something new and exciting. So it's a plethora of platforms. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, um, that that's the plan anyway. Also, if you can give us a five-star review and like and share us with all your your family, your friends, your business contacts, that'd be cool as well because obviously if we're only talking to ourselves then it's going to be a rather boring process. It's quite entertaining but uh, it's a bit pointless, isn't it? Well, (laughs) Elaine always puts a nice coffee and a couple of buns on for us, doesn't she? Yes, it's worth it for that. It is indeed. Right, news. Let's do a news section. Each week we try to cover what's going on in the world at any given time, which might be relevant to you and your business and your marketing strategies that you might want to put in place. So who wants to go first? Well, I've uh, I've seen an interesting piece in uh, one of the marketing magazines today, and it, the IPA have uh, brought out a report that uh, that tells us that for the first time in seven years, 
uh, overall advertising spend has has dropped. Now, is this because of the ongoing certain uncertainty about Brexit? Or, oh, you said it. Or, or or is there another reason? It might be. Might if there are people listening to this podcast who who have a view on that. I mean, that that's an interesting one that we'd like to hear from business people out there who may have cut their marketing and advertising spend. I have to say, my experience over the years of recessions has been that those that cut their advertising spend don't always survive the recession. The ones that keep it going are stronger following the the bumpy period. So is it wise to to cut your marketing Mm. spend? Well, my first thoughts on it would be, is it if that is the reason, is it because people think, well, I'm not sure which bit of my business I should be investing my advertising in, in a way, because I'm uncertain of which direction my business is going to go. So, you know, you, you can sort of understand it, can't you, that people... Uh, are but you know I agree as well it's not it's not a good move if that's if that's the reason but if depending on what your business is isn't it I suppose I can understand it yeah. Elaine but I think it's a lazy way of saving money it's, yeah. it's the easy option uh, it's a it's a, a very soft target the uh, mm. marketing and advertising and could well have a negative effect on uh, on the long term mm. growth of the company. There's yeah. probably two things that go on during a recession. There's usually quite a lot of opportunities because people are either stepping out of the market or going to the wall. So if you're a bit more aggressive with your approach to things, you can tend to get full advantage of mm. those opportunities. I think secondly, as you mentioned before, if you don't keep that momentum of work coming in, and we mentioned it in episode one where um getting new work in and then doing the work and then having new work to replace yeah. the yes. stuff you've just yeah. finished keeping is, the cycle going, keeping the cycle going yeah. is quite vital and as yeah. soon as you draw a, a bit of a slow approach to the marketing cycle mm. all of a sudden that dries up that's when you start having problems yeah. Yeah. and you, you then get into a, a situation where you don't have any money to have a marketing budget no. because you don't have any clients and so you can't pay your bills so you exactly. don't have any marketing yeah. budget and yeah you end up with all the rest of your competitors, which is finding another job. I know, it's a yeah. tough one, yeah. isn't it? It is a tough it is. one, and I think it, it does is. totally depend on what your business is, isn't it? Because personally, I haven't changed anything. Um, I've invested, you know, still invest what I invested before. But yes. a, yeah. yeah, I yeah. suppose it depends on who you listen to as well, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, mm. I, I've launched three new businesses in this Brexit <laughs> period, which either <laughs> ma- means I'm entirely insane, which mm. is plausible. Um, <laughs> Or, or, no comment, eh, Chris? Or I have seen an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. No comment. Um, Elaine, have you got any news? Well, I have got some news, yeah. And this is um, an interesting one, really, because we're talking about advertising and promoting your business. Uh, this, these are some US figures here, actually. But now there are 140 million businesses are currently um, using apps. So, you know, your WhatsApp, your Instagram, all those social media type platforms are they using so so it now it's, it's bumped it up into into third place so it's massive isn't it and this has taken over print you know so prints obviously sort of falling into the background a little bit so it's absolutely huge i mean are we surprised no we're not are we i don't guess no. any of any of us will be surprised but yeah, yeah it's just yeah. huge isn't it absolutely huge chris is rubbing his hands with excitement <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't come as a surprise, though, does it? It's been growing for the last, what, 15 years. You've seen it, um, well, you've seen the demise of free newspapers, of, of, of paid-for newspapers. Um, they are now a, a shadow of their former selves. 
Um, whereas once upon a time, 16, 17, 18 million houses used to receive at least one free newspaper every, uh, every week, uh, and some would get three or four. Now, um, it, I believe that figures down to about five million, mm-hmm. which is astonishing decline in, in a relatively short period. What was number one and two, Elaine? It was uh, paperclip and uh, TV advertising. So do we think TV advertising is going to stay at two? Because that's certainly something that's got to be under risk as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, do we, do we watch them? It surprises I fast me. forward them? Oh, should I say that? I don't know. I record things and just fast forward it. If anyone would like to sponsor the show, we won't <laughs> fast forward. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one, I suppose there were, you know, many a time you think, oh, I used to love that advert. And I, and I don't, I actually don't remember a lot of them now. I, I don't know. Is that me? Maybe. I don't know. I don't watch live television. Mm. There's maybe one or two shows on television that I will watch. Everything else I watch on, say, Netflix or Amazon or on yeah. Sky. So deliberately, I, well, not deliberately to avoid adverts, but that's definitely a benefit of watching TV in the way that I now do it. So yeah. I'm the same as you. I, I'm a rubbish person to try and target for TV yeah. ads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so am I, and, and you and I are completely different age groups, demographics, the lot, aren't we? But we, we have the same attitude towards TV advertising. He says that because he's become a granddad this week. Uh, as, and the, for the fourth time. For the fourth time, but he now feels four times older. And Elaine, you, you recently became a grandma as oh, well. Oh, I did, and it's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, I know. And I'm hoping I haven't because I don't know if I've got any children, so if I've become a granddad, there are far bigger problems than the fact I've become a granddad in the play. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got some news as well. Go for it. Yes, I have. Um, actually, this is something that's probably more relevant to you, really, Chris. So LinkedIn are on the business pages have introduced a new tool which allows you to notify employees when you do a post from that business page. I guess the relevance being that if you if your employees know that you're posting something and they're made aware of it, they can like and share and help promote or in fact get involved in the whole marketing process yes, which is yeah. actually something we mentioned the other day wasn't it oh. yes asking asking employees or getting employees to embrace the the the, the company message is a vital part of of the company page because the company page has struggled uh, on linkedin is my opinion i don't think it's done all that it's set out to do so it looks now as though uh, as though linkedin are, are trying to give it a little a little boost by giving it these extra whistles and bells and uh, and these notifications are a good step forward facebook pages are a bit the same aren't they elaine i don't know if you find it's quite hard to get an audience on a facebook business page as well mm-hmm. i think people are a little bit hesitant about whether they're going to get spammed to death if they they sign up to it yeah it's a funny one isn't it i think it i think that's I mean, one thing uh, I think it'd be a great topic to cover, Chris, in the future. Actually, LinkedIn uh, company pages. I think it'd be quite quite good to yes, talk a bit yes, about that because I yeah. certainly don't know a lot about it at all. Um, yeah, I've got a Facebook page. I, I think it goes a little bit as well, doesn't it? To how many platforms you promote yourself on, uh, and it goes back to consistency, which obviously takes us into our marketing strategy bit today, doesn't it? What we're going to talk about. I see is, what you did there. Yeah, I know. Clever, wasn't it? A, a plethora of things coming out of my oh, mouth today. Let me tell you. Two. <laughs> That, that was slightly more forced than that. It was, it was. But uh, yeah, I agree. It's um, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because unless you, you're actually putting anything of merit and value on your Facebook page, then, you know, people are just not, you can have one, if, but they're not going to follow it, are they, if there's nothing to read? So it's it's 
putting time into it, really, I think. It is. Mm. It is. Completely. And then the last piece of news I've got down here, which has a, a rough relevance, but ties more into the topic which we're going to cover, which Elaine has just mentioned, um, is that Google have introduced a new Pixel 4 camera. Now you're all thinking this isn't a technology podcast, and you'd be <laughs> absolutely right. Um, the relevance of it is quite simply that Google's phones have traditionally been known for having a better camera than, say, some of their competitors. And this model has been geared to try and reclaim some of that ground again. So this one has a, a specific low-light camera tool, which makes it better for using for shots at night. Um, again, from a marketing perspective, people probably won't care all that much. But it's actually a marketing strategy that Google have obviously yeah. decided to introduce where they're going to give their product a niche facility, yeah. a niche tool, a niche Clever. benefit that will attract a certain clientele excepting that they're probably going to lose out to other manufacturers like apple and sony on other things Mm. so by giving that extra well point of difference yeah yeah. Mm, interesting yeah it's a usp isn't it it's uh, uh, and that's what we all strive for uh, and they seem to have got it for the time being before somebody else uh, joins them on that particular uh, Scenario or steals the technology, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, yes, <laughs> allegedly. So that ties us nicely into our topic for today, Chris, mm. which is, uh, in fact, uh, marketing strategies and what, what they mean to us. And um, we all do slightly different things within our niche sector, so I guess it's how we would approach putting those strategies together for people or what it is that you guys listening ought to really be bearing in mind mm. when you're trying to come up with one. Because I suppose the first question I would ask, and I'll start with you, Chris, because I mentioned you before, is do we need one? Is it important, really? I I think it's absolutely vital, to be honest. Um, I was taking a workshop yesterday, which was uh, about social media in general, but I was making the point that not only do you need a, a social media strategy, you need individual Facebook and LinkedIn strategies within the social media strategy within the marketing strategy within the business plan it's it's actually the foundation of the uh, of the business plan is a is some sort of strategy for for achieving the goals that you're going to set yourself and this would involve all departments not just the marketing department i think we've said this before mm. haven't we um that uh, that it is very much a company wide thing and you know where we when we set up a strategy we're looking to achieve those goals what parts of the marketing mix are we going to are we going to involve um because they'll all have their separate goals it's um it's a it's a very complex issue even for the smallest of companies so you know strategy absolutely uh must have it milestones to tick off so that so that you know where you're going and when you've achieved uh, xyz milestone and so on and so forth so selling is selling surely elaine why, why, why do we need a plan to do that oh my god i know and yes to add on to what chris has said that you know they they absolutely go hand in hand don't they sales and marketing they are you know they skip off into the uh, sunset together uh, because they are so important aren't they you can't you can't have one without the other uh, to to be successful I believe so so there's a few things I focus on and they they sort of sit in with the marketing as well I always say to people what when you you're starting out whether you, you know you're a small sole trader what is what difference do you want to make to people what is it that you're you're planning on doing so your product your service 
what is it that is going to help how is it going to help people what is it going to change for them that they don't currently have so what outcome can you provide them with so I always say start with that um, and then within that then you start looking at the problems that you're solving for people so before you even start pulling together any strategy or sales process or anything you need to know um, what is it that people are going to look at and say oh yeah that's me I read that and I think it's me, you know, I'm that person, I need that. So you really start to have to dig into the problems you solve, the solutions you provide and who needs you, um, who wants you, you know, who wants that thing. So so that can be, you know, it can be a big thing. It can be a big piece of work for people unless they actually get that bit done right. It affects the rest of it then. Um, So when you know, you, you finally decide, yeah, this is who I'm going for. It's, well, how am I going to tell people about that? And this is, where, of course, where your marketing comes in, isn't it? That's the most important yeah. thing, isn't it, Elaine? It's yeah. it's knowing your target market. Yeah. Um, because the target market, unless you're, unless you're fully clear on that, mm. you're not sure, sure who you're writing for, you're not sure what channels that you, you should be using within a strategy to reach those people. Yeah. But knowing your precise target market is half the battle. It is, it is. I love a good analogy. Mm. And for me, when someone asks, what's the point of a strategy? The analogy I always use is, it's a bit like setting off on a treasure hunt to find buried treasure, but without a map. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can wander, you can go out on the seas and sail around in the hope you might find the island. And when you do eventually find the island, you can wander around on it, hoping you might fall over the enormous exits on the floor. But the likelihood is you won't do and actually even if you do it's probably my luck more than chance and it'll probably be twice as much work and take twice as long as if you'd have just got the map in the first place and that's that's what a strategy plan is really it it is is. that it's that abc of what you're doing where you're going why you're trying to achieve it how you're going to do it and it gives you that ability to do it more efficiently. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what, what was the saying? If, if you don't know where you're going, how do you know when you get there? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so having these goals in mind and a strategy mm. to reach those goals, absolutely right. It is. It's a toughie though, isn't it? Because even I've worked with small businesses and they, they'll really sort of get sort of quite churned up in that. And I, I totally understand why, because I, you know, I was in the same place myself where you think, well, who I, I could talk to a lot of people but actually who are the people that I'm going to give the most value to and, and who would I enjoy um, helping the most? So, so of course, that's then when you can go into niching, can't you? Is is it good? You know, that'd be interesting to get your thoughts on that, actually. You know, what is it good to go to actually focus on a certain type of client and dig that deep into it and focus on whether it's an age group or, you know, a type of person or it's mothers or it's this or is it, we know, what does that look like? And is it a good thing to do? You know, because that's, obviously part of the strategy that you need to decide how how deep into this do you want to go to really so chris where would you start from a strategy plan for say a social media campaign well exactly what i said before i'd start with the client um who is the client and then i would write my posts my blogs my articles i would write for that with that client in mind don't think you can sit down and write a piece of work, whether it's a brief post or a, a thousand-word uh, blog, without having the the person in mind as to who you're writing for, because you 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 can end up rambling and going off at tangents if uh, 
if you don't have a target in mind. So have that target in mind. That's that's where I'd start with the knowing the customer and then what to say and where to say it. And what yeah. sorts of things would you consider, Elaine, when you were putting a, a strategy together? Well, yeah, sort of the same really, isn't it? It's best to speak to 10 people who want what you've got than 100 who don't. Um, so it, it would be really honing into to what it, what it is that, that those people are going to read that you want to help. I always say you've cracked it when people read it and say, that is me, that they are talking to me in that post or that blog or whatever it is. You know you've got it right when people are, are tuning into that. So it's, and it's a, it's a toughie, I think, you know, I'm sure you'll agree, Chris, it's, for some people that's the, that can be the hardest bit, isn't it, is getting them to the place that uh, they know who they're talking to. And once they get there, you know, that the rest can happen quite easily, can't it? But it's getting there first. It's also the use of language within yeah. within the post and within the article or whatever it is your potential customers are reading that, that yeah. you've written. Um, when you say write for them, yes, use the word you yeah. an awful lot in um, in your post because then you're identifying with the with the person who's who's reading it. And that's so important that, that they feel included, that they feel they feel it really is for them. Yeah. But the, the coming up with a strategy and the implementation are actually, I suppose, phases two and three. Yeah. The first one, which is far more unfashionable and probably less fun, is the analysis. It's looking at where you're at now, how you got there in the first place, yeah. where you want to go and how you plan on getting there and using statistics, something, something tangible mm. that you can use as a marker to to test what you're doing and making sure it works that's something that certainly with social media the analytical tools that are available should be something that quite easily is done it certainly is on facebook i mean facebook has a fabulous tool called insights which most people will be familiar with um Insights will also tell you the age group, the, well, the general demographic of uh, of the people who follow you or are connected with you or friends with you, call them what you want, fans, I think, <laughs> all those things tell you the, the demographic. But they'll also tell you which people have actually received your posts, but which people have actually engaged with them. So you might have uh, you might have a demographic that's heavily weighted to the 35 to 44 year olds. But you might find out there's a disproportionate number of 45 to 65-year-olds are actually engaging with that post. Um, therefore, learn from that. Which posts were they engaging with? What language were you using? Is that the market you want? Because it mightn't be. Um, they might be the ones engaging, but you mightn't want them in the first place. So there's an awful lot to be learnt from the uh, from from Facebook insights. Yeah, there's a, there is, and and just listening to you talk there, Chris, because you know I'm not marketing as such, I'm sales, but um, you know I think there is, it is all a bit of a minefield, isn't it, to the to the layman of well, well, which which what should I do? Who's going to help me uh, unravel all this? That what is working and what is? I mean, that's a really valid point, isn't it? Uh, that you mm. think you think you're talking to the right people, and actually when you look at the analytics. It's not those people who are listening to you at all. No, it's no. a it's a biggie, isn't it? So I think that, that for me, there is no easy way to do this, is there? It is a journey of doing it, and you you when you go into your marketing strategy, you have to be prepared that you know you what you think might be the route 
might not actually be the route. No, it mustn't mm. be written in stone, no, must it? it, must it. No. You must be prepared to be flexible and learn from, yeah. uh, not mistakes that you make, but learn from experience. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of things you can do to, and, and, and I think the advice I often give to people when you're trying to put a strategy together is be quite honest with yourself about where you're at in terms of a business. There's, there's quite a number of different questionnaires you can fill in, you can give your staff to fill in that will give you some really useful feedback on your sales process, mm. on how well you use your existing databases, about the process of uh, and how efficient the services that you're providing, mm. all those kind of things which are relevant factors in determining what, where you go and what you're going to focus your your business on and that's the bit that i think people like to skip over they want to get into the fun stuff of okay yeah. so what crazy campaign can we come up with and it's like yeah. okay we can come up with a crazy campaign but is there any reason why who are we targeting yeah. what's your products um, what you're selling how much you're selling it for um the, all those questions and, and isn't that important mark isn't isn't it so important to understand your own business when you're yes you've got to know who your customer is but you've got to understand how you how your services or your products can can help that particular client or or customer where's your work coming from a, a vital mm. one when i said at the beginning where are you at the minute and how did you get there so if your business is heavily orientated towards online customers um, do a proper analysis of your website where are the customers coming from um, which pages are they dawdling on I don't think we did it but me uh, me tip for this week as a little gadget tool thing ah. um, hot jar hot jar right, hot right. jar right. fantastic tool yeah it's free for up to so many I think it's about 2,000 visits to your page over a month something and then it's incrementally charged based on, but mm. if you're getting that sort of traffic, you should really be earning enough to justify the cost. Yeah. 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 And what it does is it acts as a heat map. There are alternative versions, but this is the one I use. Um, it does a heat map on your website pages, so you can put it on each oh. page. And what it'll do is it'll show where people go. So wow. where do they click? Yeah. It'll give you a percentage of how many people go further down the page. Yeah. Um, so you can see if you've got a sales funnel process set up on your website, but you're not converting as many as you'd like, mm. Hotjar will show, for example, if you've got a call to action button in the middle of the screen, but there's actually a heat map that shows that most people, just mm. because they, they control the mouse with the right hand and naturally veer off into the top right-hand corner, that's where the heat map says everyone goes. Yeah. But your actual call to action is in the middle of the screen. You might be missing out on the opportunity yeah. to sell something yes. to someone yes. because the button's just in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's doing proper analysis, looking at what it is and being honest and going, okay, we think our site looks beautiful and we really like it. We've only just spent a small fortune having it done but it doesn't work because it's not converting it um, because people aren't going to the pages we need them to go to sign up for the product that we're trying to sell yeah change it i know and that's a really good point isn't it because actually um you know we're all guilty on we spending money on stuff um and uh and then when you say yeah what did i get from that Mm, not a lot really and then therefore that sort of thing i'm not doing that again but it actually could have been really really effective but it just wasn't done in the right way or as you know chris said that the, we weren't speaking in the right language to the right people or you know there's so many connotations isn't there it is you know it's a big big deal isn't it which is why getting some expert guidance is is, 
is good stuff. So actually, back to you, Mark, really, because the branding-wise, I mean, that you yes. know, you're the, the guru on branding here. So that's, you know, got to be part of your marketing strategy, hasn't it? It does. Um, I, I guess that's a bit more difficult to assess mm. because um, people's style and brand is probably a bit more subjective. What mm. you like isn't necessarily what I like. But again, going back to who's your target audience, if they generally like it, then you know you're onto a winner. Yeah. Um, it, it would be looking at things like, when did you have your logo designed? If, if you were a company set up in 1964 and you're still using the same logo and the same colours and the same branding style as in 1964, the chances are it looks old, tired and out of date. Mm. So does it need changing? Can it just simply be refreshed? But you need to do it. You need to do an honest analysis and go, yeah, do you know, that looks a bit tired. Get some honest feedback from your staff because your staff are usually probably the best place mm. people to give you an honest opinion because yeah. they're inside the business. They know what it does and they probably know how their friends and family react to it. So you're probably going to get quite good feedback from them. Yeah. Um, put it out to in, it, social media is a great one. Ask your yeah. social media audience. You don't have to expect a deluge of abuse because that probably won't happen. Actually, what you'll find is maybe put your logo up and, and you could even run it as a competition yeah. for people to make the best suggestions for, yeah. for changes you might make. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so true, isn't it? And, and change is important to, mm. to stay relevant, isn't it? I mean, we see it with all the... Uh, with all the big organisations, you, you see corporations like the BBC um, and all the TV programmes constantly changing their logo to remain relevant. So it should just be the same for a small business, shouldn't it? Absolutely. What sorts of factors do you think might have an influence on where your strategy might go? You mentioned Brexit earlier. I mean, that's one where people will have, unless you're very fortunate, very little control over where that goes and how that impacts you as such. But what what other factors do you want to be bearing in mind when you're trying to put a plan together? But that that is a really important one though, isn't it? And and it can come under the broader title of the economy really. Um there is a lot of uncertainty at the moment and you know that IPA report probably shouldn't have come as a surprise that um, that people are throttling back on spending on their marketing and advertising because they just uh, they just aren't sure whether they're going to need that uh, that extra that extra few bob in the kitty when uh, the 31st of uh, of October has come and gone and uh, they're into November and and then the winter um and maybe need to spend an awful lot on things that are so far unknown mm. it's the unknown knowns <laughs> There's a plethora of yeah. <laughs> Nice. Oh, Elaine, what, I guess, what factors would you look at? Well, I guess, you know, one of the big factors for people is how much it's going to cost them, isn't it, to in, invest in their, their marketing strategy. And, and um, it's for some people, it's like, oh, you know, I couldn't afford that. I don't know. Uh, and it is, it's a bit the unknown there as well, isn't it? Because sometimes we can come up with this amazing figure in our head that we think it's going to cost and actually it could be, be a lot less. And, of course, that's balancing against what we're going to get from our investment. Uh, but if again, it goes back to talking to the right people, doesn't it? The right people to help you and trusting that person is the right person to help you with your strategy is is really, really important. And I think particularly when you're, a, you know, a start, start off business, you, you know, you're, you're obviously thinking about how much you're going to spend 
and um, on what it's going to give you. Um, what about competitors? Well, isn't I can can I just um, answer Elaine's point? No, isn't, isn't <laughs> no it, no wasn't was isn't that a good point though? Because mm. you shouldn't companies shouldn't try and do it all in house. Mm. Um, an awful lot of company time can be wasted by by trying to do uh, some some of the tasks that could be easily outsourced. Yeah. Um, they try to do it themselves. They spend a lot of time, and time equals money for all all companies, large, small, micro. Um, the 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 expert might not cost as much as uh, as the perception is yeah. for that. To that particular business person. No, and it goes back to our our DIY last week. Um, and you know, would you would you sort of, if you needed to rewire your house, would you even attempt to, to download a manual and do it yourself? You just you just wouldn't, would you? Although Chris, I think you know, I've heard Mark, I've knew that Chris is quite good with the electrics. Yes, yes, I've <laughs> uh, I've had my moments. <laughs> so competitors, how much attention would you pay to competitors? This seems to be. When I when I speak to clients, there seems to be a bit of a, a faux pas for them where they want to be better than their competitors and quite often the competitiveness to be better than their competitors makes them feel almost slightly adverse towards paying any attention to them. But surely having a look at what they're doing, seeing what works for them, what doesn't work for them is a pretty useful tool in deciding what you want to do. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. Mm. Being aware of what your competitors are up to and uh, whether they're changing their pricing policy or uh, their sales policies, are they becoming a bit more aggressive? Are, are you suddenly losing out on work that you were previously getting? Why is that happening? It, it's all it's all market, market awareness, isn't it? Um and we've probably all experienced uh, that sort of thing over the years, where you, where you, you scratch your head and think, "Why are sales down?" Um, and you find out that your your competitors have started a major sales drive that maybe you've been unaware of. So being being aware of it um, is is half the battle. And these days, with um, with social media and, and and such like, it's so much easier to to be aware of. Um, spy <laughs> yes yes it is mm. to, to be aware of what the competitors are, are up mm. to whereas in 20 years ago you had to rely on a on a, a crowbar crow on a dark night <laughs> no, no 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 you had to rely on a client actually saying to you did you know that so-and-so's mm. been in here and they're doing such and such you'll still get that now but you'll probably you'll probably be able to find out a lot earlier now due to the mm. improvements in in technology and communications so true so true yeah i think and i think the other side to that is yes totally um yeah what chris has said absolutely true um i think the other side to that is what you know knowing what your point of difference is you know what is it that people will come to you for because we can all get a little bit hung up and think oh they do the same as me and oh you know that's worry now you know that we're competing against each other well Actually, you could be doing the same thing, but your client base could be totally different. So, so you know, as much as yes, absolutely, see what's out there that you know what the people who do similar to you, but also look at yourself and think, well, what what do I do differently? Why would people come to me as as opposed to uh, other people? And um, what makes me you know different? Or is it isn't it just 
which is a big thing for me customer service is it why do i stand above the others or or in or within a different audience so i think you can get too hung up on it um if you focus on it too much but absolutely be aware of what's going on around you because you you've got to be one step ahead if you've got a, a competitor who's doing exactly as you're doing and you're pretty much mirroring each other you know what is it that you might focus on that is completely different to what they do and it's just like listen to, to your customers isn't it really um, so I'm a, I'm a big believer in look at the future opportunities that they're always there and it could be whether it's um you know a, a, an economical thing or it just could be the landscape shifted and people are looking for different things now so yeah. well it's know thine enemy yeah isn't it? yes <laughs> and it, it's not a case of you, you're worrying you're spending as much energy worrying about what they're up to as what you can be getting on with for me it's always if you know what they're doing you know what you can be doing to yeah. either do better than them or as you said veer off into a different mm-hmm. direction so that you never have to challenge one another in the same pond yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah you have to do that research in order to know the answer to that question whereas some people are like well i don't care about my competitors we're just about being the best it's like well how do you know you're the best if you don't test the waters with your competitors because mm-hmm. maybe you think you're the best but maybe they're the best maybe they're doing something you could yeah. include in your strategy plan um, but you're just too stubborn and too arrogant to actually ask the question yeah it's a fair point no, yeah it is very true okay so you've put a strategy together elaine yeah. how what's the best way of implementing it well obviously depending on what your strategy is um for me i if i've got a, a robust marketing strategy which i'm in currently in the uh, in the midst of for something i'm launching soon um Ooh. absolutely talk to the expert you know i i am a i think that the danger of being a salesperson is you've got a certain amount of knowledge of marketing but but not enough to perhaps get you to where you want to be and I think you know I'll hold my hands up to that so I know a certain amount but I do know I haven't got the, the, the other bit to make it work so you absolutely have to talk to the people who know um, and, and I mentioned it before it's about getting the, the right person for you that can help you not just from a knowledge point of view but also the people that you feel comfortable with and you, you, you know you like know and trust really is massive so so get the for me, and I say from a personal experience of where I am now, is get the right help to help you implement that and what that's um, it's going to look like. And uh, yeah, so that would be me. Mm. What about you, Chris? Well, I think that where where an awful lot of people fall down on their marketing strategies is is actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do all the planning. They can they can have the perfect plan, the perfect strategy, but don't actually put it into operation. Talking yesterday to a couple of companies, I say you you need to make this a habit. You know, you you've got your marketing plan. You're going to do X, Y, Z half an hour a day. Make sure you do it. Put it in the diary. Make sure that gets ticked off every day. And then once a month, you're going to write a blog. Once a once a month, you're going to send a, an email shot out. Once a month, you're going to create a a direct mail piece. Um, Put it in the diary. Make sure that, uh, that that you action it. But the other thing, Mark, that I would strongly recommend is if you if you work in a small company, it's often easy just to 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 procrastinate on those, just to push them to the back. So have have somebody as your conscience. So I might say to Elaine, "Will you give me a ring every Friday?" 
just to check that I've I, I'm, I'm going to commit to do this now. You give me a ring every Friday to make sure I've done it, um, and then that's that that's a that's a little niggle in the back yeah. of your mind. Oh God, Elaine's going to ring. To, <laughs> to Not Elaine. Oh no. If, if I if I if I've done yeah. everything I should have done, but that's a that's a useful tip for for any company of uh, or or any business person of any size to to work with yeah. somebody who will be their one. conscience. Yeah, accountability is massive, isn't it? Because it's you that's know, the word. Yeah, when you're um you're you're running your own business or a small business, it's it's so easy to. Well, because there's no one yourself. to tell you off. When you're the boss, there is <laughs> no one to tell you off, is there? Yeah, and you can talk yourself out of all sorts of things. And you, you know, I've yeah, come up with some great things, can't you? Which goes obviously back to our procrastination, we know, which we know. So yeah, but, but huge, got great point that Chris. We'll come back it? to that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've used that before. <laughs> I'm still procrastinating. <laughs> have a plethora of excuses oh, oh there we go <laughs> for me the accountability element is probably vital for an implementation stage it's measuring everything you do and going back and checking it and as you say if it's a, a fixed date in the diary once a month i'm going to sit down and ideally sit down with somebody else um and you set it in stone as well you don't allow oh i've, I've got to go see a client today and know there's something more yeah. important there is nothing more important than making sure that your own business survives the next month no. yeah if a client wants to book in for a certain time there's no reason if you already had a client booked in for that time you'd have to tell that client yeah. no wouldn't you you yeah. would have that meeting booked in yeah. and ring fence it sit down with somebody else a business manager or a, a third party who you know and trust and go through it, measure it, analyze it, have a frank conversation to make sure that what you were doing is being done and that it's working as well because there's nothing wrong with changing the plan as you go along. No, just absolutely be, not. Just, no. because it's, just because it's the first idea you came up with, if it's not working, change it. Yeah, I know. That's a really, really good point, that, isn't it? And the, there's also a risk sometimes when people are keen to get something going. They think, well, let's try, you know five different platforms to do this on and do it all at the same time and you know you, you just then give yourself this monster to eat which you can't deal with can you so particularly if you're doing it yourself so it, it's do it in a manageable way for you that's realistic for you to manage and then you can always add all the platforms to things but if you try and do too many things at once uh, you're actually just overphase yourself really don't you I think you know just yeah. mentioned mm. sort of having a monthly meeting to assess your strategy is there a time scale for when you would normally recommend people revisit the strategy and perhaps give it a, a once-over or a, a, a proper rewrite? Probably quarterly, because I think a month, um, you could you could be subject to, I mean, if it was this month, it'd be subject to Brexit forces. Um, uh, whereas over a quarter, there's uh, there's more chance of of any bumps in the road evening themselves out, um, and there's probably more to learn from from a quarterly period than there is for, for a month. Well, obviously that's self evident, isn't it? <laughs> Sticking to the obvious. Um, that's okay, Chris. You can do that. <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> And what about you, Elaine? What would you normally advise people to do? Um, yeah, I, I sort of work on the basis of... It depends on what you're doing, really, because a lot of the things I'll talk to um, people about is 
a mixture of not just the social media it's it's face-to-face stuff and network and things like that so so yeah you're absolutely right Chris you can't you know see a lot within a month necessarily but I do get people into the habit of looking at it every month Um, would you change your strategy Uh, no probably not till a quarter but actually look at it um, because something might just be glaringly obvious that you think you know I mean even if you go into some networking events and you think yeah, I'm spending because you know a lot of them you do pay for. I'm spending you know thirty pound a week on going to these things, and actually, I'm not getting anything from it. So, the question to yourself is: Is it because I actually, when I'm talking to people about what I do, I'm not doing it in the right way, or am I just not going to the right networking places to meet the people that I'm looking for? So, um, yeah, I think you, you you just can't. Stop that looking. You've got to analyse it. I think I, I think tweaking along the way is, yeah. is fine. Just but an overall change of direction would need to would need a decision to be made at a at a quarterly quarterly review. Yeah, that's really. a good shout. Yeah, and record your information. Yes. Make yeah. sure it's yeah. recorded. Uh, the networking marketing, which you just mentioned, there is probably something which is the least tangible thing that people tend to monitor. Um, have a spreadsheet, record how many hours it takes each week to go to the meeting, record how long it takes to have a, a one-to-one meeting with someone, monitor how much work you're getting out of it because what we said in previous podcasts about your time is your budget as well yeah, as your absolutely. money. If yeah. you're spending a lot of time, if being a member costs, say, 1,500 quid mm. uh, and you're getting £10,000 worth of business back over the course of that year, you're probably thinking, happy days, where quid's in. Mm. Actually, if you then add up the hours that you spent doing that networking group over the course of that 12 months, all of a sudden, it's not £10,000. You're going to knock off all the time you've had to spend generating that money. And so the profit margins are probably substantially smaller but people don't keep those records do they they don't monitor where the work comes from who's referred it um so there's no accurate way of going okay well i get loads of work from them but i don't get any work from them am i not getting any work from over there because i'm not doing enough or is it just i'm never going to get anything and i'd be better off trying to get a bit more from something that's already working yeah 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 it's it's true isn't it that because sometimes we who the people we believe we can help it actually turns out it's not those who need our help the most, is it? And and um, I know I was did a little bit of that. So some of the early days, I was thinking, oh yeah, that that's a route I can uh, go down because I can help people. And actually, when I, I listened to what people wanted, it took me in a, in a slightly different direction, which was a, you know a positive thing. But I was quite clear in my mind that oh this I'm going to do, be doing this, and then it's it's shifted. And as you say, you've got to be prepared to to look at that, haven't you? And assess what's happening yes yeah. why yeah fantastic have we have we covered strategy plans I, I mean if you are to study marketing they do strategy plans as an entire module there is so much that goes into yes. it isn't yeah, there there, there is. is no way we could cover it in a single show we're just trying to give you a pointer yeah hopefully mark we've made clear that uh, that it is important to have a strategy because so many companies don't and some companies are successful in spite of themselves, and some companies are not successful at all. Um, but having the strategy will give them a, a better chance to know 
where they're going and um, and who's going along with them. Yeah. yeah, and it's a big job, so it can become quite over-facing. Yeah. And because you have to be quite brutally honest with yourself, sometimes it's quite difficult to be impartial because you're doing it about yourself, yeah. which is why there are people who, like myself, who can offer to come in and do those sorts of things yeah. Yeah. Um, because it just takes away that stress and that pressure because it's a massive job to do if you're going to do it properly. Um, yeah. But it's definitely worthwhile doing it, isn't it? It is. it is. Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm just laughing actually to myself because I think... Um, I, That's I always, a sign of madness. That I way. know. Well, you know, <laughs> it's been said. Is um, is that when you... I, you know, I, I, my head's always whirling and I'm always a, a, sort of asking questions. You think when you're answering your own questions, it's great because you can just come up with, with, with the answer that you like, um, which is why you, you need to speak to an expert, isn't it, really? Because they will ask you the questions that you'll almost feel like... Oh, I wish they hadn't have asked me that question because it's all the, the thing about where you're spending your time and the cost. And, and sometimes we just need that person to actually you know, lift the lumpy carpet so we can take a, a good look at it. And, and oh, believe. absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I am always right. I am I am always right. You always win your own arguments. Um, and when when I'm not right, it's usually because you didn't understand what I meant in the first place. That's your legal training, yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, that's a perfect example of, of, of sometimes when people suggest something, I'll instantly go, well, no, my way is better. But then, say, 24 hours of just mulling over because it'll stick in your head. Yeah. Quite often, if there's an element of truth to it, you can't shake it off, can you? No, and true. as it sort of dwells and spins around in your mm. brain, you suddenly realise there's merit to what they said and maybe at some point you realise they were right, although <laughs> obviously I would never admit that. Um, <laughs> um, but, but that's a great... And you will only get that sort of analysis either from someone who's a trained professional who has no qualms about telling you because that's their job or someone who you know and trust um, either within your business or within your life who will say no that looks crap it's very hard to be objective about your own business when you're sitting in the middle of it isn't it let's be honest it it is really um, very and that and that outside mm. source can provide such a fresh perspective that you might not have uh, not have considered Um, so yeah it's a win-win Yes, I, I, I do fair believe now when you're asking asking somebody, make sure you ask the, the people who've got the expertise and the knowledge to advise you because uh, it, I've, I've heard people say, oh, yeah, I asked, I asked my friend, oh, what does your friend do? Oh, she doesn't do anything to do with what I do. And you think, oh, so, you know, was her opinion a good one? I used to get that in law <laughs> an awful lot. I'd, I'd have clients ringing up saying, um, uh, Dave from the pub says that this is what should happen. And my retort would usually be great. Did Dave get his law degree off the back of a Kellogg's um, or any other cereal for that matter? Um, yeah. Cereal yeah. box. Yeah. Um, mm. Because my interpretation is different. And yeah. You can go with Dave if you want. He'll be a lot cheaper, I suspect. And chances yeah. are you'll probably get it wrong, but never mind. Yeah, yeah so true. I know yeah. I've written down. We did mention about uh, tools and things we use in. Um, Ooh, we're going to get know, two yeah. tools. I've got uh, one that I just I really like is Evernote. Um, I don't know whether you guys have tried that. Yes, I've tried yeah. that. Yeah, really like it. So uh, just to sort of what is it really? For those who don't know, it's uh, it's great when you you read articles or blogs and all sort of stuff like that, and you think, oh, yeah, well, I really like that. I'm going to save that. Um, for future reference and then you forget where you filed it or you know hidden it so Evernote um, just allows you to uh, 
record that and put it into folders. Really, really useful, I think. It's a it's yeah. a modern scrapbook, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. One, it's a bit like OneNote. OneNote's much the same where you can drop images or articles yeah. and things. It's a really useful tool. Yeah. It's, it's quite good. good just to brain dump, isn't it? Yeah, I really like it. So what about you, Chris? What have you got? Um, I heard, heard about one yesterday, a, a, a free... A free CRM system, oh. and a lot of us struggle with our CRM systems, to be honest, but this sounded a good one. I haven't looked into it in great detail, but it's called Zoho, oh. Z-O-H-O. Mm. So uh, I, I will be leaving this uh, leaving this podcast and going to <laughs> Google Zoho, Hotjar, and... Evernote. 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 Well, no, I use Evernote. In yeah. 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 Fantastic. Have we covered everything? I think, it, we have, we? From I think we've covered yeah. everything. Okay, um, what are we going to cover next week, Elaine? I think we're going for network marketing, aren't we? I think we um, we thought that would be a good one. Yeah. Sounds a good one, one that we all do. Yeah. Given ironically, this, that's how we came together in the it first place. It is indeed, oh. isn't it? Yes. Now there's a success story for you, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a look at network marketing, the pros, the cons, how to do it effectively, when yeah. to perhaps avoid it. Biggie um, that, isn't it? It is how to do it effectively is really important, isn't it? Cool, okay. So that's what we're going to cover next show. Um, if you would like to ensure you don't miss out on those dulcet tones of Chris talking about network <laughs> marketing, um, then make sure you subscribe. Uh, I mentioned at the outset you can find us on all the major platforms, so you should be on there. Just type in Go Fish um, and it should pop up. If you've got any comments about what it is that we've covered today, any questions, we really want questions. Steve from Nottingham got our brain spinning. We haven't heard from him since. No, we didn't, did we? No. So yeah. Hopefully it's all solved. Well, we exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that simple. Um, but yeah, it was great that he gave us a question. So if you've got any questions, guys, then you can email us at um, gofish at thepodstation.co.uk. It comes to all three of us, so don't worry about trying to make sure that you get in contact with one or all of us because... It will, it will happen that way by nature anyway. Obviously, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, you can comment, post, share, all the other stuff. What other stuff would you do? That's about it, isn't it? Like. Yeah, yeah tell your buddies, share yes. it, it'd be good. Yeah. Um, where can we find you online, Mr. Roxburgh? Online, uh, you can find me, uh, my website at www.mymarketingguy.co.uk. And on social media, what are your on handles? On social media, well, on Twitter, it's at Guy for Marketing. Otherwise, uh, just look for your name, I guess. Otherwise, I think if you go into Facebook and put my marketing guy in the search, or LinkedIn uh, on uh, put my name in Chris Roxburgh, spelt R O X B U R G H. He's looking at me because we did the table plan, <laughs> and uh, the, the person who gave me the details misspelled his name, and, and I overlooked it. In fairness, a lot of people do. <laughs> He's not moved on yet. Mark. No, he hasn't. Clearly, no, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a problem. <laughs> Elaine, moving swiftly on. How do we spell your name, and where do we find well, you? Well, my business name. Uh, to sum it up, so uh, as it comes, really to sum it up, just that's a double M I T in the middle up dot com. Uh, so that's my website, Facebook, all the same, and. Um, Twitter too, and uh, also uh, if you want to get in touch with me by email, so it's Elaine at tosummitup.com. Fantastic. Mm. And if you want to get in touch with me, uh, it's funkyvibes.co.uk. Uh, if you want to email, it's mark at funkyvibes.co.uk, funnily enough. Um, um, if you want to get me personally, it's Mark Pollard or Mark R. Pollard is the handle, um, or you can get Funky Vibes with the three 
instead of an E. As we mentioned before, it's because we're wacky. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, cool. I think we've we've covered just about everything we can possibly cover. I feel we've been quite comprehensive there. Very good. So it's goodbye from me. Yes, and Lane. And it's au revoir for me. Oh. Mm. Ciao. <laughs> You're listening to the Pod Station. Support the station by visiting patreon.com forward slash the pod station.